right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast on the Overtime Media Network, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge. I'm Doug Norrie. That is... Doug Norrie. You're going to throw me off when you don't say my right, because then I'm like, well, then I think think there's an echo, and then I think that everything's wrong, and then I've already had to stop the podcast once. (laughs) Actually, that's like the only thing that can make this podcast better, just like me and then me responding to me. I feel like that would actually be... Oh, dude, imagine. (laughs) We are here breaking down week... I'm all thrown off now. We are here breaking down week nine, main slate on FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, We did a, a cash game podcast yesterday where we broke down some of our plays uh, position by position, will nod to those guys, as you know, uh, or unless you're a first time here, um, which actually I, I said this on the podcast yesterday. We, we're getting a lot of first time listens, man. The podcast numbers have only increased like really steadily over the course mm. of the season. It makes me, I already like doing the podcast. I like doing even more when I see those numbers continue to go up. <laughs> but uh, we did a podcast. You, like val- you like to be validated. Yeah. Oh, I, I need I'm to be validated. You know I me, mean, but I need to be validated. I don't like to be validated. I need to be validated. <laughs> I, like, there's, like, I just can't even go on. That's why I'm always constantly like, hey, how do I look? You know, oh, do you, do you think That's that like was like what funny? you said to like, me this morning. You were like, dude. Do you, can you see if this thing shut up on Facebook? I only got 28 likes on the po- picture I posted. <laughs> Don't even joke like I said that's that to you. That, that actually, people <laughs> might actually think that I said that. I never, I never, I n- never would say that. Okay, uh, this is you thought the rails. Just say I thought it. Uh, week nine cash. We did our week nine cash game podcast yesterday, so go and check that out. Uh, we broke it down position by position. Uh, well, today we'll go through the games. A little bit of a different slate here, mostly because uh, we have a bunch of teams on buys. We have this London game. Uh, again, so there's, I think there's only nine games on the main slate. I do think we're going to see really heavy ownership and kind of chalk ownership around some guys uh, with plenty of GBP pivots, uh, I think. Uh, but we'll kind of get into that as we roll game by game uh, through this. And just as a reminder, too, if you're playing NBA, which a lot of people are kind of doing both during this time of the season, we do have our NBA podcast going up two or three times a week as well, trying to cover the main slates during the week. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, that's going to be in the show notes, that feed. It's a different feed, so you can like and subscribe to that podcast as well. Much appreciated because when football's away, basketball is going to be the only game in town. So try to get – if you. by the way, if you're new to basketball, just go and get on that train early because basketball – might be the one that ends up the sport that ends mm-hmm. up winning it all uh, when it's all said and done. But this is an NFL podcast, so we're going to roll through these games. How are you feeling about this week, just in general? Uh, I'm kind of looking at it from a point of view of at least like you know it has some running backs. I think we're going to see a lot of cash game ownership on. I think everyone's going to have a wide receiver questions. Um, is that you know just from a a comfort level? Not a ton of injury news. A couple things we'll get to, but a comfort level when you looked at this kind of week as it laid out. Um, We've been really confident in our projections so far and our ownership stuff so far. Um, do you feel the same way when you look at this week? Yeah, I mean, so it's funny. Normally, I, I tend to be the, a pessimist in the group when it comes to how lineups are coming together. Uh, and you know, which is amazing because like you're times. an optimist in every other part of our like rela- in our like business and friendship sure. relationship. I would say you you're the optimist around just about everything. <laughs> but it's true. like it's like it's like this one thing that we've kind of just done the role reversal on. But that's okay. It's, it, you know, relationships work best when there's balance. Uh, so anyway, we're just true. Saying, I, I I just I usually hate every play. That's my my big problem. Or that or it's more that like anytime I look at a lineup and I can see where it could go off the rails. That's just like what my attention turns to. And going into this week, it's interesting because it's a short slate. And as we were writing up the picks, I realized that so many DFS relevant teams were just on buys or had, you know, a new quarterback. Like there were just all these weird things going on. And that being said, I actually kind of like how the lineups are coming together right now. And mostly it's because two quarter or two positions, there are three positions basically where I feel like we have next to no decisions for cash games, which is quarterback, running back, and tight end. And wide receiver, yeah, it's like 
a mix of guys coming and going, but it doesn't feel like a position. Like the thing that makes me most nervous going into a cash game slate is feeling as though there's going to be a chalk play that we're not on that could blow up and have a huge game. Like sometimes it's, you know, the field has decided that it is a week to pay up at wide receiver and our system says that it's not. Uh, sometimes, you know, we have one punt running back and the field has a different one. You know, these high variance little inflection points that can arise. And I don't feel like there's that this week. And I think that makes me feel a little bit more confident. Like I think everyone's going to be staring down this wide receiver quagmire. And I actually feel like I like the direction that we're leaning so far. So yeah, I think overall I'm feeling pretty good about it. And uh, famous last words. I will say that it does feel like a high variance week. So it could be a week to tap into big tournaments uh, and, you know, mix and match some of these cheaper guys because somebody could score 25 points uh, where the other ones don't. But yeah, I'd say overall feeling pretty good. All right, let's start it off with the Redskins go in and play the Bills. Bills are nine-point home favorites right here against a Redskins team that's just had all kinds of issues this year, but just generally one of the worst teams in football. There are a lot of bad teams. The Redskins are among that group for sure. Nine, mm-hmm. Minus nine is right around where we want to uh, talk, start targeting running backs. Um, this does not seem to be the case here with the Buffalo team. Though I will say that Devin Singletary outsnapped uh, Frank Gore 42 to 18 last week, but Gore outcarried him nine to three. Um, so like Singletary was in <laughs> was in more than twice as many snaps and had two fewer touches than Gore on the field. I, I don't know what to. Do. I guess you don't you do nothing with this stat and move on. I I, I suspect. And at the same time, from a yeah. GPP from a GPP perspective, it feels to me like. Singletary is like an amazing target this week, right? Because like, it, like hmm. it feels completely crazy to think that he could just have this many snaps compared to Gore and just not touch and touch the ball this few times. Like, and the guy's a good runner and whatever, and they're big favorites. And maybe this is the time where they, the, the, the Bills kind of see what they have in him. And if the snaps are going this direction anyway, I get that last week was a windy game and it was they were kind of playing from behind, but. I don't know from a GPP perspective. Like, could you see like like maybe like an Allen Singletary stack? Like, I the Redskins are pretty. Are, the defense isn't terrible, I guess. Uh, the offense is really what what does them in. But does that make sense? It's such a weird thing to have this many snaps and this few touches. And I feel like there's it can do nothing but go up. And I understand that there's a ton of um, you know risk around a play like that. Yeah, I think Singletary is like an interesting add in season long leagues because of that snap count that you're talking about. Um, essentially, they're using him like a third down back but playing him on more than third down. Right. <laughs> so, so like, weird. You know, yeah. He did have six targets. I will say that. He got carried by Gore, uh, but he did have six targets. So when it all came out in the wash, the overall plays drawn up for each was the same. Um, also, Gore, you know, the, the effectiveness has been sort of coming and going. He's actually been a lot more effective leading up to last week than he was um, last week itself. And the other thing I, I guess I get concerned about when it comes to the stack is Gore is really... I think I I just worry about the goal line carries too, I guess. So yeah, I think from top to bottom, I, I can certainly see the upside. I think Allen plus somebody besides John Brown will be a stack that many people do not have. And from that perspective, I can see it as a kind of an interesting story that your lineup can tell. Like, yeah, they're going to score a lot of points, but it's just going to be the, the week that it's the Allen and Singletary show. Obviously, you're not suggesting playing it in cash or anything, but uh, yeah, I can see the, the case coming together here. Uh, Allen uh, has, and the Bills have been gifted just like such a great schedule. They got to play the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals the first three seasons. Actually hung tough with the Patriots. Got to play Miami. Get to play the Redskins now. Still get to play Miami again. Um, so <laughs> just uh, it's, it's actually funny that they haven't put up sort of better stat lines, I think, all things considered. It just speaks to sort of how 
up and down a guy like Allen is. He's always a tournament play. He just does enough with his legs uh, that I think that he just always has upside. I want to say one more thing. I was talking to my cousin Robbie last night uh, when he was trying to – you'll get to this in a second. You'll see where I'm going with this in a second. Uh, he was trying to hunt down mm-hmm. a DFSR subscription because I already gave him one. We couldn't remember his password. Um, then I was going to blame him for, like, <laughs> using a bunch of emails or whatever. Like, <laughs> But anyway, it was, uh, it was actually me that had typed in his email wrong. But he said – uh, that a bunch of his buddies listen to the podcast and they really like it. So I don't know if he was just kind of like just kind of shining me on because he wanted me to turn that account back yeah, on, probably. or if or if eh, I'm gonna believe him though. He's got a bunch of guys that live up there that, that, that are in the sports. So uh, he's a huge Bills fan. So shout out to the Bills uh-huh. mafia up there uh, in Buffalo. I think they <laughs> our Bills were, were huge in Buffalo. This is what Dude. we should be telling sponsors. We should try to reach out to Buffalo to see if we can get some local sponsors. Did you see we got an so. email about sponsoring a female soccer professional team? Oh, I'm gonna talk to you. Yeah, this I did. I, I, resp- I responded to. I responded to that. There's no way we're gonna buy like a, a billboard. In the, uh, in a, well, well, maybe I don't want to say, say we're gonna do it. I just I was like, oh, that's crazy about the things that kind of come around when you just kind of hang around in the space a long time and do a good job. Uh, I don't think we're. Well, gonna the do friend. It. This is a, this is an opportunity to brag. I can't believe you just made me have to do this, but the person reached out because they were friends with Andrew Morris, DFSR's most famous subscriber, who uh, who won the million dollar. Uh, won the million dollars on DraftKings using our tools two seasons ago. I remember so. that day like it was yesterday, buddy. Okay, we're going to move on. I, I said we we're going to do a faster pace because we're going to do an NBA podcast, and I'm already going uh, way off the rails. Uh, so anyway, on the, on the Redskins side, we did actually talk about Terry McLaurin yesterday, uh, excuse me, Terry McLaurin, mm-hmm. and I think that he's a borderline cash play, but I understood some of your hesitance around that, uh, which makes sense to me, but I, in, in this sort of boom and bust wide receiver group that I think we're looking at this week. I think he's interesting. It's hard to get excited about anything else on this Washington team, especially considering this Buffalo team is excellent on defense, one of the very best defenses in football. Tennessee goes in and plays Carolina. Carolina, three-and-a-half-point home favorites here. Uh, still have Kyle Allen under center. We did talk a lot about this team yesterday outside of Kyle Allen. We talked about Curtis Samuel as a possible cash game play. We talked about DJ Moore, probably just going to end up running more, uh, at least on DraftKings at 4,800 because uh, of the target share, just coming way too cheap there. And then we get McCaffrey, too. Slight dip in usage over the last couple of weeks, but it's not, it's not really saying much. He was on such a historic pace to start the season that even a, you know, a moderate dip in the amount of times he was touching the ball is still going to mean he's among the very most elite backs. Not currently in our cash games, and he's been a guy that's basically been in our cash games every week that he's been on the main slate since week one, and that's paid off handsomely. Are we worried at the fact that we might be finally fading him on a main slate here? Yeah, so on McCaffrey, I, I mean... Definitely on the list of those guys that I would feel concerned about if he was in like 45% of lineups and we didn't have him, you know. But I will say that I feel like we already have a pretty good big ticket running back in Dalvin Cook right now uh, at 9,000. I don't think it's a week, given how tight the rest of the positions are, that you can play both of them. Uh, Dalvin Cook right now listed as the top overall running back in terms of buzz over on Fanshare. And... That seems right to me, and I think if he is the top guy, it's going to necessarily mean that McCaffrey is not going to be highly owned in cash. So, yeah, while I would be somewhat terrified, he definitely is on the list of guys I don't want to be against the chalk on because in any given week, he's the most likely guy to probably hit 40 fantasy points. Um, you know, I was encouraged by the fact that he did have reduced usage against San Francisco in spite of being pretty effective when the Panthers were getting blown out. Um, yeah, I think... When it all comes down to it, I don't think he'll be in our cash game lineups, and I do think that I'm ultimately sort of fine with him. Yeah, I think that's probably where I land, too. The price is just up there to a point where you just don't have to prioritize, even though we have some other cheap plays here. Um, I'm not, I'm just not overly worried about it, I don't think. Um, there just are enough. There's just, there's just a few more guys that I feel pretty comfortable with. And if you just had another amazing game, 
that wouldn't shock me either. This guy's been, again, was on, I think he still is on a historic pace. It slowed down a little bit with some matchup stuff, but um, was on a historic pace for overall yardage in a season. Uh, like I said, we mentioned the wide receivers already. Tennessee side, we did talk about Jonu Smith as a probably a pretty chalky cash game play uh, in terms of on, on tight end. He led the team with seven targets last week. Uh, the rest of the wide receiver crew is just another year at Tennessee where no one, no wide receivers. doesn't even matter if they switch the quarterback. Ryan Tannehill completed 21 <laughs> of 33. It doesn't matter who's under center, what the hell's going on there. This team never, even when it looks like A.J. Brown comes out the first game of the year, it's like, oh, finally they got a wide receiver. He kind of fades into nothing as the course of the season goes on. So not much to think about here. Uh, any Derek, I feel like we talk about Derek Henry just as a throw-in every single week. It's not really a guy I'm incentivized to play. Um, any thoughts real quick on Henry, then we'll move on to the next game. Yeah, I don't think you're going to play any Titans outside of Johnny Smith. Uh, I will say that, again, just using heading on over to Fanshare and checking out Johnny Smith, the second highest buzz of any player right now. So uh, expect to see extreme chalk usage on him. Uh, and on the Henry tip real quick, too, we, we always like nod to him as like, hey, it could be the week. But... It really has never been the week. So, like, there yeah. was one week where you could have been happy with him for big tournaments, and that was the first week when he happened to catch a 75-yard touchdown. Given that he gets one target a week in the passing game, I just don't think he's relevant in any contest. And I would definitely – I wouldn't even play him in big tournaments, honestly, because, yeah, you want to play guys that are under-owned or whatever, but at some point you can go too far away from – so tournaments are this delicate dance of, like, I want to go with guys that are going to be – relatively under-owned compared to their peers, but also have really huge upside. And you sometimes trade off value for lower ownership and upside, right? So you're like, eh, it's not the greatest matchup for McCaffrey, but I can see a case where he blows up and goes off. I just don't even know if Henry has that in him. So I will not be playing Henry in any format. Yeah, just, it's just so touchdown dependent at this point. So I'm not too worried about it. Before we get on to the next game, actually real quick, I want to throw out one of our sponsors, mybookie.ag. These guys, we've been using them forever uh, to put in bets. Love the love the service, um, love the payout structure, and just like the timeliness with uh, some of their customer support stuff too. Because I actually had a customer support uh, with one of the, my deposits one time, one of my first deposits, to depositing Bitcoin, um, and it, something happened, and they were just right there with it. So hey, I'm I'm throwing it out there nice. because it, well, I'm mostly throwing it out there because some of these sites you sometimes can run into betting sites that just aren't as upfront and trustworthy. But mybookie.ag uh, is not one of them. Use the promo code Overtime O V E R T I M E. Uh, to double your deposit up to a hundred dollars you got to be a first time subscribe first time customer only and you got to use that promo code a couple bets i do like this week i've been using sort of a, a betting model that's been uh, that's had a nice win rate over the course of the season been testing it mostly this year before we start throwing it out to the public uh, my buddy doug's got a system he's using he's going great this year <laughs> i know you're joking but we do have a system buddy the whole freaking business is um, we literally do have a system that's true <laughs> i do i do, it's actually from the, these first three games one is the houston jacksonville game i know the london thing kind of gets a little bit weird but if you if you neutralize, if you if you got, say your home uh, field neutral, this Jacksonville team actually, I like them to cover the two and a half that uh, Houston's getting. Uh, excuse me, giving on that side. So I know that was not a game we were talking about. So I like Jackson Jacksonville two plus two and a half. I actually like Washington. Um, plus nine and a half against the Bills here, mostly just because uh, the Bills offense doesn't see, or our system doesn't think the Bills offense can like really pull away in a meaningful way. Hmm. Uh, so I like that one too. And I actually like the Carolina minus four that they're getting for Tennessee right now too. So uh, those bets just happened to, those are really the only three that the system's kind of calling out this week and they just happen to all be right in a row. So mybookie.ag, use that promo code overtime, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. They'll double that deposit. Uh, you pay, you play, you win, and you get paid. Next game on the list here is KC hosts Minnesota. Now, right now, I'm not seeing a line on the game, and I think it's because there's some 
a question of whether Mahomes is actually going to come back this week. He moved yep. up. He did started practicing in a limited fashion here, and the last couple of notes on him were that he was practicing with the second team um, instead of the first team. So my guess is he doesn't play. And the fact, the, really, the only guy on a team, really in any sport, I guess pitchers in baseball, um, that can just hold a line for anybody to start betting on it is the quarterback in football. Is it just too difficult to make any determination here because of the Mahomes thing? I feel like everyone's in play if Mahomes plays for KC and no one's in play if he doesn't. Is that just too broad of a statement to make? We already talked about some of this in Minnesota thing. But um, you know, do we just have to hold out? word on Mahomes and just that's and, and adjust our projections accordingly it seems like it's not a cop-out I think it's just, he's just too important of a guy no it's not a cop-out I mean it's been interesting we haven't really been on the Kansas City bandwagon outside of the occasional Mahomes play for most of the season and oftentimes it's been correct I mean these guys really haven't put together huge weeks necessarily so I uh yeah, I think that's pretty much it. What what else could there be? I think another contingent play might be the Minnesota defense, uh, potentially a little bit underpriced if they get to go up against Matt Moore. But yeah, right now on the KC side, you're waiting for the answer on Mahomes. Uh, that might actually impact the Dalvin Cook play slightly too. Like if they go from being two and a half point favorites to being underdogs or something, that would be uh, an interesting situation to be in too. And maybe we reevaluate at that point. But right now, yeah, they're saying nice things about Mahomes. I don't think he personally comes back. It just seems completely crazy to rush back your absolute generational talent once-in-a-lifetime quarterback, right? Like, that just doesn't seem like a winning strategy per se. So uh, I, don't, I think he takes another week off. But, yeah, if he does return, then you can play him and Hill or him and Kelsey or whatever in big tournaments and feel fine with it. Yep, uh, just and just as a note on Cook here, the KC ranks 30th in rush DVOA this season, just as another reason to play Cook. I don't think we needed a ton of other reasons to play him. Running backs yeah. against the Chiefs have pretty much run buck wild. Uh, worth noting on the Chiefs, uh, just a target, excuse me, a carry distribution last week. Damian Williams and McCoy basically sl split snaps, split carries. Uh, there's really You can't trust really anything that they're doing. I don't think that changed. That piece would not really change that much for Mahomes. I think you could just look at the target share for the other guys like Hill and Kelsey and, and say, that those those now those targets are worth a little bit more, but we'll kind of wait on that. Uh, Adam Thielen well, did, sat out last week, uh, but is projected to play this week. I think if we had just been in a situ another situation without Thielen, we could probably look this uh, the Stephon Diggs route. The Minnesota has not really wanted to throw the ball a ton this season, but when they have, Diggs has seen pretty high, high target share. Just didn't have to last week without Thielen. Didn't kind of matter. Still put up seven for seven for one forty three <laughs> with Thielen on the off the field. If for some reason he sat, would we just kind of like? bump his targets through the roof maybe and what could be a high-flying game. I don't have it there now. Uh, quick thoughts on Diggs, but I do think Thielen plays. Yeah, I mean, again, Diggs, both Diggs and Thielen actually are have to be in that rotation of guys you consider to win big tournaments. Um, you know, Diggs just doing an outrageous amount with not very many targets, all things considered right now. 143 or more receiving yards in the last three weeks, averaging less than 10 targets a game. Like, you just don't really see that. So, yeah, I think and just the last two games hasn't punched in a touchdown, but has to be on that short list of conversation for absolute highest upside of any wide receiver on a points-per-dollar basis. So, you know, great matchup against Washington and Detroit, but, you know, Kansas City's not um, the 85 Bears, as we like to say. So I think you can definitely think about the Minnesota passing game in spite of the relatively low uh, target share that they're just going to get because this team really wants to run. 
Uh, Jets go in and play Miami. Jets are a three-point road favorite against the Dolphins team that's been generationally bad or historically bad uh, this season, and they're pretty unapologetic about it. They basically said and signaled they were going to tank this season, did everything uh, to follow through on that, that that sort of wish to head toward the bottom or the top of the draft. So um, can't really blame them for you know having a plan. I saw a great tweet about this the other day. It said Dolphins. The difference between the Dolphins and a lot of these other teams of the trade deadline, because the trade deadline came and passed with really nobody moving, but um, was that the Dolphins knew they were bad, and some teams waited to the trade deadline to figure it out. So, like, the Dolphins just knew what they were kind of doing <laughs> from the beginning of the year, and other teams... Well, so. well, the Jets are probably like this, too. The Jets just had dreams of doing something different, um, and then they were talking about trading Le'Veon Bell or trading Robbie Anderson or just trading all these guys. Uh, just didn't end up happening. That being said, we did talk about Le'Veon Bell as a cash game play this week. I don't think we need to go too much more into that. Uh, any of these receivers, I'm, teams have passed all over Miami this season. It's been very easy. Um, they have Sam Darnold back. Any just upside GVP targets to kind of shoot for here, Robbie Anderson, like that, you know, guys like this, or just kind of like all Le'Veon Bell, this is the game where he turns it back on? Uh, you're, this is one of those situations where you will be on an island, I think, if you want to be running Jets, not named Le'Veon Bell, in big tournaments. And, you know, you can see a case. Robbie Anderson's had a couple of big weeks, but I think by and large, it's not a direction I'd like to go. Uh, it just seems just as easily, you know, Robbie Anderson can get you four points, even if Sam Darnold's there. So I don't think I want to go that direction. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just generally kind of a boring DFS game, unfortunately. I think actually the Miami guys, you know, like Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, um, those guys could even be more attractive to me. Devontae Parker averaging nine targets in the last two weeks. Uh, had a touchdown under 6,000, so he's cheaper than Robbie Anderson. You know, maybe even cash game viable. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, like, again, if we're considering like the Terry McLaren, uh, DJ Moore kind of group, he, I see him as sort of in that group, and I wouldn't be averse to giving it a shot. Uh, again, not exciting or anything, but uh, on my on my radar for sure. Mark Walton had 17 touches uh, out of the backfield for the Dolphins last week. Jets are bad, too. So I, the Jets are have a good run defense, but this is not a very good team in its own right. So uh, Walton himself no. wasn't very good, only took, got that turned at the 54 yards. But that's pretty good usage rate for a guy that was essentially their every down back. So you think there's like some kind of scenario where the Dolphins get a lead? Again, the Jets think, too. So I, like, it's not like they're – we can't give them a huge credit here. Walton – could be a guy in a, in, in a very specific kind of game script that touches, that goes up to like 20 touches, and you have to really like the receiving target. So, I don't know. If you want to take a flyer on the Jets passing, or maybe just like pair Walton and Bell together and say they get a lot of the touches in this game, and just maybe he has high enough floor, uh, I'm really reaching for it because I haven't really talked much about Miami guys this year. But eh, I guess there are some interesting dudes here. Chicago goes in and plays the Eagles. Eagles four and a half point home favorites. This game is a 42 over unders. A lot of these games that we've mentioned so far uh, really have pretty low totals. 37 in Buffalo, 41 and a half Carolina, 41 and a half Miami, yeah. and, now a four, and now a 42 game. We are going to get to a couple that, uh, that kind of start bucking that trend here in a second. I find, I find both of these teams just like, I don't know, like sometimes you get David Montgomery, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you can figure out what the Eagles are going to do with the running back, sometimes you can't. Miles Saunders is, uh, is actually um, questionable to play right now. They might get Deshaun Jackson back. These two teams, though, from a fantasy perspective, outside of just like that rare Allen Robinson big, you know, big game, have had trouble just even sustaining upside or floor with any of their plays this year. I, I hate to like just make a blanket statement over two teams that happen to be playing each other, <laughs> but that's very much the way right. I feel with both these teams. They just have so few fantasy viable options because they just use lots of different guys to sort of mediocre results at times. Yeah, again, and games like this and even 
I mean, there's several games like this. Like you said, this game, Jets-Miami, Washington-Buffalo. This is why this winds up being a contracted week, even more so. Like, yeah, sure, you get nine games on the slate. If it was all the good offenses, then that wouldn't be as big a deal. The fact that it features most of the pretty inconsistent or even bad offenses makes it that much more difficult. Uh, one guy who's getting some buzz on Fanshare right now is Zach Ertz, uh, and I don't totally see it. I mean, Ertz, uh, the last two weeks, 10 targets, four catches for 58 yards, like, even if that was one week, we might be concerned about playing him at 6,000. So I can't see a world where I'm playing Zach Ertz, but just wanted to throw that out there in case, you know, you're not trusting Johnny Smith or Delaney Walker comes back for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, he's the second highest buzz tight end. Uh, so right now it's goes Smith, then Ertz, then Waller. So, uh, you know, just something to be aware of if things happen to fall apart. But even still, I think I'd prefer Waller to him as well. Uh, the consistency really hasn't been there. So, yeah, I think you find yourself in a position where there's some names you recognize here, right? Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, revenge game. I don't know if that tickles your fancy at all, Doug. Uh, he's going to get revenge on them by getting often more op- open more often than usual. But, yeah, nah, I'm, not, I'm also not seeing it. Uh, like I said, Sanders did en- exit the game last week early. Uh, Jordan Howard ended up with 23 carries for 96 and a touch. I believe that was his best game of the year. I actually caught two balls, too. Um, I-, I suppose there's a world where if Sanders sits um, and you think Howard just ends up becoming sort of last man standing in the run game here, they had Boston Scott that got nine snaps, too. But uh, if you think he's just like last man standing in the run game and the fact that he actually had those receiving targets. I suppose there's a world where he could capitalize on it. He's playing a Bears team that's going to be pretty tough to get anything going against. So that's the downside. Uh, worth noting here that Wentz did have his best game of the season when Deshaun Jackson was on the field. I think that actually does open things up in a way that they had not been able yep. to replace for the Eagles here. Uh, he is trending, I believe, toward playing. So keep an eye on that. I would, I would like Wentz a lot more if he had that downfield threat. I usually don't throw guys like this out there, but Deshaun Jackson has just shown the ability time after time to stretch the field. Indianapolis goes in and plays the Steelers. We talked about Jalen Samuels uh, at length yesterday as a running back play. Benny Snell has now been ruled out, and now we're just waiting on James Conner. I will say James Conner is not a definitive out right now. He's only questionable, and I think we're just going to have to wait till the very last second. Luckily, this game is at 1 o'clock, so very worst-case scenario is that we still have word about James Conner's availability. I did not see that they added any running backs this week um, to their, off their practice squad, uh, which maybe signals that Conner's, they, they think Conner's going to play. So I'm just going to move on from this line of thinking here because I just don't know enough. We just don't have enough right. information. If Connors plays, then I think he actually becomes a pretty safe option, um, although I'd be worried about the injury. And if he's out, then I think Samuels is the chalk. Other thoughts on this game, the Colts coming off the bye here. Um, oh, no, excuse me, they're not off the bye. Uh, Colts coming off uh, a week where Marlon Mack actually had a lot of carries, and then the week before with T.Y. Hilton was a heavy play, uh, heavy cash game play, uh, ended up capitalizing on it. Any thoughts here on the Colts? in a decent matchup here against the Steelers. Yeah, so it might just be a wait-and-see thing, too. Uh, T.Y. Hilton currently listed as questionable, limited on or limited at practice on Wednesday. So his absence would open up target share, uh, which would kind of make the Colts a little bit more interesting. And uh, his presence, I don't know if you can totally trust it. Uh, Marlon Mack, he's kind of a, a rich man's Derrick Henry in some ways. Uh, it's probably a better offense overall, just simply not inv- involved in the passing game. And that just makes it really hard to be a running back, a fantasy running back in the year 2019. So he's just under 7,000. But again, like Henry, it's just that one game early in the season where he got one flukishly you know, long run and wound up putting up 174 yards on the ground. Just three total touchdowns on the year too. So yeah, I, I can't say I'm super enthusiastic about running any Colts in this game. 
Uh, we get into the four, uh, four of, actually, before we get to the four of five game. Wait, did you touch on the Steelers? I, I don't, I'm oh, I talked about, I, sorry, I talked about, yeah, no, no, I talked about Connor and I talked about that. I don't know if you had other stuff that you want to talk about with the wide receivers. Um, they're still playing with Mason Rudolph, who's a little competent. So I think that you don't have to like write off guys like Juju. Um, Juju had a decent game last week. He had nine catches for 103 yards and a touchdown, uh, you know, nine, five catches on nine targets, excuse me, uh, for 103 and a touch. I don't know if that's enough to like, we had trended in Juju down. Actually, probably worth talking about this real quick. We had trended Juju down some uh, when Roethlisberger was hurt and then Mason Rudolph almost died. So we trended him down even more because they were playing with the third string quarterback. But are we at a <laughs> right. point where we can bring him up like back to nine targets a game and think that we feel okay about it? Because this is a guy that crushed people's hearts in fantasy this season. Not totally his fault with the quarterback stuff. Um, but yeah. did when he puts together like a, you know, what I would call a competent game, I guess that was, I believe I was against the, the Dolphins. Uh, is that enough to kind of yeah. say, oh, he's back with some of this target share or we're still just playing with Mason Rudolph and this is just not the same situation we thought we were walking into to start the season? He's only 6,300 on DraftKings. That's affordable. Yeah, I think Juju is, I think he's an interesting play for big tournaments. I don't think you want to sneak him in for cash games. The nine targets against Miami will, I think, I don't think we want to just set his targets at nine, I guess is what I'm saying. And also considering that not all targets being created equal, uh, sometimes, you know, our underlying base projections, we have a tough time really pinning things down in a big quarterback change like this too, because guys really, like we talk about the, the nice thing about the NBA is that guys underlying talent doesn't really ever change outside of, you know, the first couple of years when you're getting in the swing of things. In football, your talent can change. Just I'm putting that in air quotes if you can't hear that because of the players around you. And so I, yeah, I would feel concerned about playing him in cash. But I do want to highlight him for big tournaments because, yes, I, I, I was seeing the same thing you were that, you know, he had three targets the previous week, back up to nine, still very cheap. I do think the upside is extremely real. And, you know, on a slate that's really missing a lot of top end wide receiver talent, I think he could definitely be in that conversation of potential highest scoring wide receivers overall. All right, uh, we'll take a quick break here. I'll talk about one of our sponsors. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with the four of five games. You got to get, if you're looking for seats this weekend, or really just in general, I was saying this weekend because if you're targeting going to a football game, which actually at this point, um, with some of these teams being out of it, if you want to go to a football game and just kind of enjoy the atmosphere, for some of these teams, this is right around the time to start doing it because some of these teams just kind of know their fate. Uh, season ticket holders are putting those tickets out there. Tickets are just available. You got to use the Vivid Seats app. Use the promo code overtime. They're going to give you a money back up to $100 on your first purchase through the through the Vivid Seats app, but you got to use the promo code overtime. It's also going to automatically enroll you in the rewards program, so the more you use it, the more rewards you get. Vivid Seats, uh, getting tickets these days is an absolute nightmare. Um, just to be able to trust like what the prices are, the prices fluctuating, and knowing what good deals are. Vivid Seats makes it very easy. Got to use that promo code overtime, though. O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. Back in a second, I'll talk the rest of these four or five games. All right, uh, so we kind of waded through some of these early games that had pretty low totals. Three of the three of the highest totaled games are on the four hundred five slate. So we kind of they kind of saved all their points for last when it came when it came to just the way the <laughs> schedule the way the schedule shook out this week. That's just kind of luck. The first one we have is Tampa Bay goes in and plays Seattle. This one is a fifty one and a half total. This is the highest of the week, kind of by well, by two points over the Oakland game, which we'll talk about in a second. We talked about Russell Wilson as a cash game play firmly on that one. Probably like we've, I've talked myself down off the, he's an absolute must on this slate. Uh, but I still think that we're going to end up rolling him because it's typically just easier to find some cheaper value at the other positions. 
Uh, and you mentioned your kind of concerns with Chris Carson simply because Tampa Bay was so good against the run and so poor against the pass. Knowing that they're this poor against the pass, though, we did not talk about any of the Seattle wide receivers, like any of their pass catching options with, uh, to pair along with Wilson. He hasn't really needed a high volume wide receiver to be able to sustain high fantasy floor in the past. That kind of is the same way this season. Are there are there names you like here, like Metcalf, like Lockett, or just or do you see them just more as upside plays because Wilson just kind of finds the holes in what a defense is giving him, and that's who he targets. Yeah, those are not names I like. I <laughs> we just want right. to be uh, totally transparent right now. I think that Metcalf is actually rising up again. Another guy that is just increasing buzz that I don't totally see, and you know it's just kind of the the things you wind up valuing, right? Like I'm just a I believe that your upside comes from your opportunity in football. And sometimes that can mean opportunity in the red zone. And Metcalf had that last week. He had two touchdowns. So I can see what people are dreaming on here. The guy had five targets, Doug. Five targets, caught three balls for 13 13 yards. yards. (laughs) So where? 13 yards. That's no yards at all. This is like it's a scenario we've seen time and time and time again. And again, for big tournaments, the exact opposite of the kind of play I would be interested in, right? A relatively highly owned guy who has almost no opportunity, who probably just realized his absolute peak upside and it wasn't even that good in the first place. 6,700, you have to be... I don't want to say crazy, Doug, you know? In the year 2019, you shouldn't be using words like that to describe people who... uh, who are listeners of your podcast, but don't play DJ Metcalf. But that's DK oh, right. Metcalf, not even DJ. Imagine he was, yeah, <laughs> I'm, off, I'm off right. DraftKings oh, Metcalf, okay. not playing him. Um, on the, on the, <laughs> DraftKings, that's good. On the Buck side, uh, Godwin is a great talent. Last week it was Mike Evans who got all of the fantasy sort of good juju that came <laughs> that came out of the Bucks offense. Uh, still, these guys still, though, they have Jameis throwing him they have James throwing the ball, and when it, when it's Winston behind center, the in, it's just going to be so inconsistent that I just don't know how. Like right now, Godwin, if you take the savings at running back, Godwin is the is the wide receiver that ends up popping into lineups, mm-hmm. so kind of by default because there's just not a lot of other high tar, like highly targeted receivers on the season that are playing on the slate outside of Keenan Allen. I would say, and I'd still be so distrustful of it. One because I hate the quarterback still, and Godwin's made the most out of it probably in, as much as anyone can. And they just kind of, at times, just do something else. Like, this play, just Mike Evans gets 12 targets and gets his 200 yards or whatever it is. I just don't, he's just, like, not the guy I want to play in cash. And I get why, I actually get why probably some people will, because it kind of just, like, the last name that people that people kind of see here and aren't going to want to play these other cheap guys. Does that make sense what I'm saying about Godwin? I, if he was really highly owned cash, I, I, w- I, I don't know if I would worry about it if we didn't have him. Is that a fair statement, or would this be a guy that you would worry about? Well, so you're, this is going to be a position we're going to find ourselves in with actually Godwin and Evans this week. So Evans and Godwin are the top two highest buzz wide receivers in the NFL this season, uh, tied for third and six overall in terms of buzz on Fanshare right now. So you're going to see some ownership out of these two guys, and I think that's a little bit terrifying, especially Mike Evans. I mean, you pointed out that, yes, it can come and go at times, but the last two games for him, 29 targets, 20 catches for almost 300 yards and two touchdowns, Like, I think it's potentially fair to say that he's just sliding back into the role that he has enjoyed at times in the past. And, you know, teams, if I actually think it's less the whims of Tampa Bay and more the whims of the other team. If they realize that they have to take Godwin seriously, which I think they finally are doing, you know, the teams early on that were like, yeah, let's make this Godwin guy beat us. Like, we're not going to let Mike Evans beat us. 
Godwin has shown the capability of doing that. And if Evans is actually the higher talent receiver, um, you know, all coverage being equal, like maybe there's room for him too. I don't know. I would not be psyched to see either of these guys be a chalk gameplay and be off it because, I mean, both of them are capable of 40 fantasy point weeks, right? Yeah, I think this is something we'll talk about as we lead into the week uh, and as we lead into our chat. If you sign up for DFSR.com slash deals, you're going to be able to have access to our chat. We're talking about all this stuff on Sunday as we le- as we kind of mm. uh, make our lineups and kind of give our thought process about what we're, where we're leaning with certain plays. It's all really just r- available and customer-facing uh, when it comes to Sunday leading into lock, and this will be... This will be one of the things. Um, I could go either way. I, it's not a must for me. I, there's some other. I, I mean, I think I'd probably just like rather play Keenan Allen for cheaper. Uh, I get that doesn't probably have as much upside, uh, but just in terms of like overall targets and famous last words because his targets have come and gone at times too. Uh, mm-hmm. Detroit goes in and plays Oakland. This game is a 49 and a half point total. Oakland minus two home favorites. Mentioned Derek Carr sort of in passing yesterday. Though wondering your thoughts on Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs and sort of maybe where his ownership will fall this week. We've seen multiple weeks, three times this year, where he's carried the ball more than 20 times, has gotten not a ton of targets in the past game, two to three uh, over the last six weeks, ranging between two and three. And Detroit right now leads the league in opponent possessions per game. Uh, they have, I believe hmm. they have the most, and then I can't remember. I'm reloading because the page died on me. Uh, they, Cincinnati was, oh, no, sorry. They're not. Uh, Carolina second, Jets are third. But 69.7 opponent plays per game, which is probably, a, you know, somewhere this Oakland total comes from. This is a really, really high total. Thoughts on Josh Jacobs just from a volume standpoint and, and among that group of running backs that we talked about yesterday, his usage is at times among the best in the league. Not a guy that we discussed, but I'm wondering if he'll see some ownership. Yeah, he could. Um, I don't totally see the case for it right now. I mean, Jacobs is banged up. Uh, he saw reduced opportunity last week, not just because of game script stuff, but also because of his shoulder injury. Uh, he was kind of a, a game time decision there and ultimately wound up playing, but with a reduced load. A uh, big part of Jacobs' game is being able to plow over opposing running back or opposing uh, defensive players, too. So the fact that, that he's limited in that regard actually does limit his underlying skill set. And given that we have I think pretty good options outside of Jacobs. I don't think I would want to stretch on it unless we heard, you know, for some reason that he actually was 100% healthy. I just don't think we're going to hear that. So I uh, I don't see wanting to play Jacobs for cash games. And, and that being said, he's very, very far down the buzz chart on Fanshare. So that's looking like another really good big tournament play uh, if you wanted to target him. Like he's down with, you know, the guys around him are Deontay Johnson, Mark Walton, uh, Preston Williams. So it seems like the industry is off Jacobs this week. And if they are, that could be a time to be on for big tourneys. I do think there's upside. Uh, we t- mentioned Waller as a, as a cash game play. I think there's upside in Tyrell Williams. He's among the leaders in air yards this year. Caught a touchdown last week. Don't mind Hunter Rempro. They just haven't seen the big target share on a week-to-week basis, mostly because Waller is the main targeted guy. Uh, that being said, I, from a GPP perspective, I really, really like Tyrell Williams in this game. Uh, on the Detroit side, they kind of broke everyone's hearts with the way they utilized their running backs last week. I don't think that can is a situation that you can trust at all going forward, so I don't even want to discuss it because it was just still kind of pissing me off about what they did there with Ty Johnson. Uh, but on the wide receiver side, we played Kenny Galladay in cash last week. He ends up getting there. We talked about that briefly yesterday. Guys like mm-hmm. Galladay, guys like Danny Amendola have seen targets. This game could be something of a shootout with both teams playing at a pretty fast pace. Uh, thoughts here on the Detroit passing game. Yeah, Galladay, I think is interesting. I, you know, 
I don't totally trust that the target share is going to be on lockdown going forward. You know, anyone that can put together a two-target game has to be at least somewhat terrifying. But I think eight, eight and a half targets is probably fair for him. Obviously, he has the upside uh, based on his red zone opportunity, too. So I think you can certainly consider it. Uh, one guy I think is kind of interesting for big tournaments as well is Marvin Jones. Uh, super, super cheap and showed against Minnesota in that game where Galladay went absent on us. He had a four-touchdown game two weeks ago, so uh, it hasn't been that way uh, all season, obviously. He's only had two games where he has any touchdowns at all, but I think at a super low price point, uh, with Galladay being the big-ticket item there, that Marvin Jones Jr. is a pretty interesting big tournament play. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. All right, we're going to go into Cleveland going into play Denver. Cleveland is a three-point road favorite. Joe Flacco is, I believe, going to just be out for the season now, and they're going to have Drew Locke behind center. They'd already traded away Emmanuel Sanders, so I think the Broncos' writing is on the wall. It says a lot more about the uh, Browns and how just bad they've been this season, that they're only three-point favorites against this team that's basically without a quarterback and mm -hmm. has been trading away some of its assets uh, late in the season. This is the last week. I believe Kareem Hunt comes back next week from suspension. Not sure how, what his role in the offense is or what he does. Uh, do we think we see one more week of maybe just like big carries out of Nick Chubb? He's had 20 or more carries in four of the last five weeks, among, still among the highest usage guys in the league, and has actually put together over 100 yards in three of the last four games with five touchdowns. Chubb is not a guy that we discussed in cash games, though if you start asking Jalen Samuels, he is a guy, just like let's say Connor plays yeah. or something like that. Chubb is sort of the next guy up. Would you feel comfortable with that situation going on the road in Denver? Yeah, I think I would. I think Chubb like the targets have come and gone for him and you hate to see two of the last three weeks where he didn't have any target share at all but two of his last three games were against new england and san francisco so it's about as tough a run as you can get for a running back and he was still fine you know i mean the fantasy totals weren't necessarily there because it was hard for the rest of the offense to get things going but in terms of an actual like on a per touch basis you're talking about six plus yards of carry. So I think Chubb is actually in great form right now. I think he's probably a little bit underpriced on the basis of two really tough matchups in, or in his last three and kind of no slouch against that Seattle team either when he happened to be excellent. So yeah, I think Chubb is a great buy low candidate. Uh, Denver defense overrated at this point. Um, going into mile high, probably not necessarily where you want to be overall, but sure, I, I could play Chubb in cash. I mean, there just aren't that many options, right? So <laughs> at some point, you have to pick someone. Uh, the Browns, three-point favorites here, even going into mile high. So I think I'd be done. Uh, some chance, like I said, some chance Flacco's out. Some chance Locke is just better. Flacco's been pretty bad this season. I, not, I don't want to target anybody on Denver here. And the passing game, Baker's just been such a disaster no. this season. Landry got 10 targets last week. He got a guy who's been efficient basically of his whole career, only caught five of 10. Uh, Beckham just hasn't done anything. This team has been a total and utter mess outside of Chubb, basically, from a fantasy standpoint. Wouldn't mind seeing the name in, uh, in cash, but definitely don't want to make him any kind of priority. All right, final game. Green Bay goes in and plays the Chargers. This game has a 47.5 total. Green Bay is a 3.5-point road favorite. We briefly discussed... Um, Aaron Rodgers is a possible cash game play. Wouldn't be shocked if I, we saw some ownership on him. He's coming a little cheaper than Russell Wilson. I think Devontae Adams is trending toward playing this week. Uh, he's sat out, I think, the last five weeks with injury. Uh, but it's looking like he may play. We, there's a chance we don't know about it before the 1 o'clock start. I don't think we'd want to go crazy with his targets first game back. He's been just really dealing with this lingering injury here. Would it bump up, though, Rodgers' overall 
like kind of line for you to know that Adams was coming back here. They've employed guys like Aaron Jones sort of as like de facto wide receiver too. Jones had a ton of targets at times. He's a monster week last week. Again, um, thoughts here on this Green Bay offense, knowing possibly without Adams or maybe with him. I don't know how much that changes things one way or the other for you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I like Rodgers regardless. So, you know, any other feather in his cap, even if Adams is out there on half the series, you know, even as sort of a decoy, I think that can't hurt the Packers here. Uh, and I, and given that Rodgers is already kind of lingering around cash games for me as it stands, I could certainly see doing it. Um, Aaron Jones, I, I think, is worthy of discussion here for a couple of reasons. First of all, he's receiving an absolute ton of attention right now uh, over on Fanshare once again. And by the way, we <laughs> Fanshare reached out to us to give us a promo code just because we already talk about them all the time. Um, but we have a promo code there, DFSR, if you want to get 20% off. Uh, subscription and you just look all this stuff up without having to wait to hear if we discuss the guy <laughs> and their fan share buzz but Jones is right up there right now I think he's the second overall running back in terms of buzz which are third I guess behind Bell and Cook and that I think is a pretty interesting guy to take a look at I mean he's cheaper on DraftKings which you love to see he's only 7,000 and for a guy who's getting a lot of target share I mean you're talking in the last five weeks, seven or more targets in four of his last five games. So that's just a ton, a ton of targets for running back at the $7,000 price point. And in those two weeks, he or in those five weeks, he also has two games where he scored more than 40 fantasy points on DraftKings. So yeah, huge, huge upside on Jones. And I think there's a cash game argument to be made as well. My biggest issue with Jones this year is just where to set the opportunity. It's not that the upside isn't there. Like the guy's had an absolute total ceiling. It's just that the opportunity just seems to at times come and go. And he still does. Yep. Like Jamal Williams still carried the ball last week seven times and had three targets. Like he touched the ball. He had 32 snaps and touched the ball 10 times uh, to Jones' 44 snaps, and Jones uh, had the uh, yeah. 21 plays. It's just like this snap thing, and Jamal Williams is still just kind of around. That's why I never want to go crazy with Jones' opportunity because just, he just has this other guy. And that being said, I understand that this guy's opportunity is better than some, a lot of other players given the same amount, right? So, like, I get that part of it. I just never know exactly where to land with his carries and his touches, excuse me, his touches and his targets. Uh, that's kind of, and that's my only real issue. Uh, final team here is the Chargers. Um, you know, last week we were concerned about Keenan Allen's availability. He, he went from not going to play to getting 10 targets last week and kind of taking away targets for uh, really everybody else down the line. Hunter Henry and Mike Williams did each have six targets each, so not terrible, though not what we were expecting when it came down uh, to sort of lock lineups because we were counting on those guys seeing more targets. Do we want to get Keenan Allen back into like that double-digit target share going here? It could be a game they play catch-up in. They've had to throw the ball a lot. They can't get anything going on the ground with guys like Melvin Gordon uh, and Austin Eckler anymore. Uh, quick thoughts on the charge before we get out of here. Yeah, I don't think I want to risk it on Allen. I mean, yeah, the target share has been there in the last couple of weeks. He's still working through this hamstring injury. And while he's been getting the targets, like he was already a guy who was struggling to get it in the end zone. But you're on five straight weeks of him not clearing double-digit fantasy points on FanDuel. Like that's a pretty tough pill to swallow for me. Um, maybe on DraftKings where the PPR is there, you can make a stronger case for it. But if I, again, if I'm trying to assess the week and I'm trying to say... Where do I where where can I be flexible in terms of salary allocated? I think that the idea of paying up for Keenan Allen, who under, actually in terms of production hasn't been dissimilar to those guys in the high five thousands, low six thousand dollar range, that seems terrible to me to to sacrifice away from really good plays elsewhere to go up for a guy who might not even be better than the guys that are cheaper than him. So I it's hard to imagine a scenario where Allen winds up in my cash games this week. 
All right, we're going to get out of here. DailyFantasySportsRankings.com is the site, DFSR.com slash deals. We'll get you started uh, with that free seven-day trial to our projection system powered by our good friends over at Lineup Lab, Optimal Lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings, NFL, NBA, it's all NHL. It's all covered in the one subscription package, so go check it out. No better deal in the business. We'll be back again next week uh, talking about Week 10. In the, in the meantime, good luck with all of your fantasy lineups this week on FanDuel and DraftKings. Thank you.